So the message this morning on this eighth Sunday after Pentecost rises up out of that epistle reading read from Romans chapter 8 where Paul writes, um, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those are good words to commit to memory. Hold on to them, that word of promise and hope and blessing from the hand of the Lord. Today, then, is the first Sunday after bidding farewell to Pastor Campbell and his family, which took place last Sunday, and it's kind of weird. It's kind of strange today. His office is empty. Sure, the furniture is in there, but shelves are empty, and you feel like you're invading someone's privacy by going in there, but that's how it works. It's a new chapter in life and ministry for the Campbells as they relocate to Belvedere, Illinois. I'm pleased to report to you we received word that they all arrived there safely on Friday evening, and were promptly going out for Chicago deep dish pizza upon arrival. We pray the Lord's rich blessing upon them. And the date for Pastor Campbell's installation at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Belvedere, Illinois, has been set for Sunday, August 16th. So it's good to know they have uh, some breathing room after arrival to settle in, assuming that all of their household items will arrive sooner rather than later, and to uh, get acclimated to their new community before everything starts rolling out pretty fast there. In truth, it's a new chapter in life and ministry for us here at St. John's as well. We haven't moved anywhere, but this change in pastoral staff, together with all the changes due to COVID-19, including face mask wearing, bylaws revision that bring about a new church council structure. All of these things signal a new chapter in life and ministry for us here as well. So what does the future of our congregation look like? Where are we going as we head forward into that future? This is the very thing we are praying about to the Lord to discern what it is he would have us do, how best to accomplish that with his guidance and direction. And so the new church council will be deliberating upon this very thing as we meet later today at 12 noon. Now originally, when I mapped out this service uh, quite a while ago, I had planned to preach on the gospel lesson, Jesus' parables of the um, treasure hidden in the field, the pearl of great price, the dragnet thrown out into the sea. But I decided to change things up and preach on what is central to our faith, which is the cross 
of Jesus Christ using these new chancel furnishings as illustration because it is through the cross and what Christ has accomplished for us there that we are able to say in faith, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That verse becomes the theme for preaching today. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Now, Pastor Campbell is away, and so our go-to resource person in-house in technology uh, will have to be replaced by someone else. I want to say thank you to Matt, who is up in the choir loft doing our AV work here this morning. Um, it didn't compute to us this morning with the power outage that we had last week with the several thunderstorms to check the sanctuary power and Wi-Fi connections until this morning. And so there were some resettings that we had to do. And even with that, um, we weren't able to bring up what we needed to bring up on the flat screens with slides that had been prepared for today. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, if you don't laugh about stuff, you're going to cry. So uh, you may just as well learn to laugh and let it go and roll with the punches, right? So there it is. Now, without question, the cross is the central symbol of our Christian faith. We know that. We have crosses hanging in our homes. We wear them as jewelry. As Christians, when we see the cross, we remember the sacrifice that took place there. Jesus, the Son of God, offering his very life as payment for our sins through the shedding of his blood. And that instills in us a holy awe, a sense of deepest reverence for the cross and what it means. Now this congregation, St. John's Lutheran Church, is known as the Church of the Three Crosses because of that tri-cross tower that is just on the other side of this wall out on the front lawn of the church. And as over the years I talk to people, you have as well, you say, oh yes, you know, I'm a member at St. John's Lutheran Church on Franconia Road, and people will look at you, I'm not sure where that is, but when you tell them, it's the church with the three crosses out front, and then they say, oh yeah, I know where that is, because that tri-cross tower has become a landmark in the community by which we are known. And that's been uh, coming to us over the years. It's reflected now in our church logo. This reminds us that when Jesus was on the cross, he was flanked by two other crosses on Golgotha, as scripture records, when he poured out his lifeblood as the atoning sacrifice for us all. So when we come into the Lord's house, it is the cross that stands front and center. 
a silent reminder to us of this once for all sacrifice sealed with the blood of Jesus. Now we may think this is the only cross shape that there is, but in truth there's a tremendous variety and meaning with many, many different crosses out there to us, the most well-known is the Latin cross, as it is called, suspended above our altar here, which to Christians represents the cross of Christ's crucifixion. And when shown with the image of Christ, it is called a crucifix. The cross of Christianity, though, was actually a much later symbol of the faith, replacing earlier symbols, the lamb, the fish, the alpha and the omega, and even the phoenix, that legendary bird that rises from the ashes to live again. It is this cross that we are most familiar with. We are blessed with the beautiful sanctuary here built more than 50 years ago in a mid-century modern design, the clean lines and simplicity of our sanctuary are hallmarked by a lightness and spaciousness that draws us in. So when we contacted the Center for Liturgical Art in Seward, Nebraska, about designing new chancel furnishings in April of last year, we liked what the design team had to tell us. They said, we start with the cross and design the rest of the furniture around it. If our faith starts at the cross, it follows that our design should as well especially given the function of all of the furnishings as visual symbols of the acts they facilitate. So when the design concept was returned to us, it was based on a different kind of cross, not the Latin cross, but the Greek cross, which is what the new processional cross is. Huh? <laughs> you might be saying. And this took some time for all of us to understand. As we have learned, the Greek cross, which our processional cross is, is one of the earliest forms of the Christian cross. It predates the Latin cross and was never intended to represent the cross of crucifixion but instead, the four directions, the four corners of the earth, north and south and east and west, representing the spread of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. It is the Greek cross that forms the basis of each new chancel furnishing, processional cross and base altar candle holders, and missile stand, also on the baptismal altar, the paschal candle stand, and the flower stand, 
In addition, our new hand-blown glass uh, basins for the font in the front and the ceremonial font in the back, the original font, and the uh, ewers or the pitchers holding the water. It's hard to see from the front or the back or the side this cross shape when you look at it straight on. The best way to grasp this is actually from above, which is what the slides I was going to show you <laughs> depicted. Anyway, that's where we can clearly see the cross. So what began at Golgotha has gone out into all the world in all directions, and it continues to go out. The good news of salvation accomplished for us by Christ at the cross spreads to more and more people through the people of Christ. You and I, we are the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus to carry what he has done out into the world. This is what it means to join Jesus on his mission. We see where Christ is already out ahead of us in the mission field, opening new doors of opportunity to be Christ to our neighbor. And so we're looking for these opportunities, these connections with people whom God has placed into our lives, neighbors or coworkers or people at the coffee shop or the grocery store, whether in person or virtually. That is what these cross-shaped chancel furnishings tell us. So in response to God's great love for us made known by offering the life of his son at the cross, we go out with this good news of Jesus into all the world. That good news of life and salvation in Jesus, that is the treasure hidden in the field for which a person will sell everything they have in order to possess that. That good news of Jesus is that one pearl of great price which a person has been searching for for a very long time and holding fast to this good news enables us to have sure hope and confidence when on the last day God sends forth his angels to gather all people like a net thrown into the sea as the evil are separated from the righteous. We have sure hope and confidence on that great and final day because we have been declared righteous and acceptable and pleasing before our Heavenly Father through faith in Jesus, not because of anything we have done, but because of what Christ has done for us. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. That is the message we carry out into all the world. 
until Christ comes again. Today's epistle reading from Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 8, that is often chosen to be read at funerals. And for good reason, at the end of the day, at the end of our life, at the end of the world, this is what matters. This is what makes an eternal difference that nothing Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So on this final Sunday in July, with the new chapter in life and ministry, now opening before us as a congregation, we return to what is central to our faith. We return to the cross. The cross reminds us of the saving work which Jesus accomplished there. The cross reminds us of our being sent out into the world to be his witnesses in the world. Through our words, through our deeds, we point people to Jesus. As we confess with believers of every time and place, I am sure, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it.